State of the Division, AL East. It is Monday, May 9th. I'm Peter Apple. That's Colby Olson. Five teams. We got to break it down. This AL East has kind of been crazy. It's one of the best divisions in baseball, but there are a few teams who haven't gotten off to a great start, and it honestly features the best team in baseball in the New York Yankees by the numbers. Colby, how is the energy coming from the AL East right now? It's a bloodbath week to week, man. I, I think you look across the league right now, and it is very tough week to week. And looking at the schedules, there is not an easy really matchup out there unless you're playing a team like the Orioles, who is in the AL East, or the Royals. But like most of the teams in the AL right now are really, really competitive. And four, well, I'm I might say only three out of five of these AL East teams is competitive right now, but the three that are are possible World Series contenders. Yeah, and I know the Red Sox have been off to a rough start, but they're bottom 10 in Team OPS. They're actually one of the worst offensive teams in baseball. I think that number is actually closer to the bottom five now. They will not be there by the end of the year. You're going to talk about the Red Sox a lot, but let's just start at the top of the AL East right now. Currently, it's the New York Yankees at 19-7 and seven with a plus 50 run differential. They took two of three from the Blue Jays. They beat the Rangers in a doubleheader. Currently, Aaron Judge is leading them in batting average and home runs with tied with Anthony Rizzo with nine, and Rizzo leads in RBIs. Talking ERA, how about Michael King? 0.51 ERA. He's been phenomenal in the bullpen. Garrett Cole, 37 strikeouts, leads the team. And Clay Holmes actually leads the team in wins. The, the best part about the Yankees right now is their ability to pitch. They're allowing some of the fewest earned runs in all of baseball. They have one of the best staff ERAs. The bullpen has been absolutely nails. And Jonathan Loisga, who was probably the best Yankees bullpen arm last year, hasn't gotten off to a great start. But when you watch him, the pitches are all still good. He's still a phenomenal pitcher. I think we're just dealing with some Vladdy home runs off a missed spot. But I'm just so excited for this Yankee team this year because they're going to pitch. Jameson Tyon, Jordan Montgomery, Nestor Cortez Jr., all sporting ERAs under three. Luis Severino looks like the same. And Garrett Cole has been nails in his last couple of starts, most notably just yesterday against these Rangers. The Yankees right now, by the numbers, are the best team in baseball, Colby. Things are really, really fun when you're winning. Last year, we saw the Red Sox got off to a really hot start. They were doing the the laundry cart after the home run and, and just having fun as a team. You can see that with this Yankees team this year. Top to bottom, the lineup is producing. They lead the league in WRC+. Plus. They're second in team, RA, team ERA. They're beating everyone. They just came off of an 11-game winning streak. When you're winning, everyone is having fun. The one thing I want to go into with this Yankees team is that we almost gave up on Garrett Cole after three starts, right? He went one and two thirds, walked five, left the game. We were like, is really, is there something really, really wrong with Garrett Cole? But in three starts since then, he went six and two thirds against the Guardians, nine strikeouts. Then he went six innings against the Royals, six strikeouts. He didn't give up a run in either of those starts. And today he went six innings, one or 10 strikeouts against the Rangers. Forget Dylan Cease, forget Shane Bieber, forget all these other AL Cy Young favorites. Garrett Cole is the AL Cy Young right now, and I really do believe that he is going to run away with this award from here on out. 
that's really high praise. And a lot of people would say, what about the sticky stuff? It just hasn't been the same since, but he's just looked, he's looked great this year. He had a rough start to the season, which is, I mean, they didn't have spring training. Pitchers weren't all the way tuned up. Now they are. And he looks like the regular Garrett Cole. So, so let's move to second place, Tampa Bay Rays. Excuse me. I just coughed. Let's move to the second place, Tampa Bay Rays at 18 and 10. They have a plus 16 run differential. They swept the athletics earlier in the week. They're working on a four game sweep of the Mariners. They've won eight of their last 10 games. Tampa Bay Rays got off to a bit of a slow start, but they have been rolling. They've won now six in a row. Francisco Mejia leads them in batting average at 407. He's had a COVID bout, so he hasn't played as many games, but the dude's hitting 407. I mean, what can you say? Brandon Lau's leading the team with five bombs and Manuel Margot is at 19 RBIs. That leads his team. JP Fireisen leads in ERA, hasn't allowed an earned run yet at 0.00. Shane McClanahan, 47 strikeouts, leads the team. And Drew Rasmussen is what used to be an opener, but he is becoming one of the best Rays starters. Drew Rasmussen is a really talented young pitcher, and he finally gets to be in a rotation full-time instead of this classic opener. No, he's a starter, and he's performing like it this year. The Rays, again, will be in the playoff conversation when it's all said and done, just like they are every year. And I honestly wouldn't be shocked if they ended up winning the division. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked about this team winning the World Series, Peter, because they're only going to get deeper as the season goes on. Shane Boz is going to come back, you know, at some point here in June or July. They're going to ease him in back into the rotation. But come the playoff time, Shane Boz will be in that rotation. They look really good, man. Corey Kluber is putting together really good starts right now. They, he doesn't have to go three times through the order. He can only go two th- times through the order, and then they go to the stacked bullpen. But you mentioned Drew Rasmussen, man, and he has been nothing short of fantastic. This is a guy that came out of Oregon State. He was traded in the Willie Adamas trade, which you might be thinking, wow, the Rays lost that trade. Willie Adamas has been going off for the Brewers this year. But Rasmussen has been amazing, man. 2.89 ERA, 3.015, 3.49 XER right now. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. He gets enough whiffs. He gets enough weak contact that I believe that Drew Rasmussen is like the perfect three-starter in this rotation right now. I wrote an article on JustBaseball.com, which you should check out about Shane McClennan and, and how he's the new Tampa Bay Rays ace. And I don't think that needs much, much explanation. We talked about it last week. But Rasmussen has proved himself as another back end of that Shane McClanahan rise into acehood. He's like just below him. Maybe not just below, but I understand what you're saying because he's not that far. He's performing like that right now. It's crazy. He really is. And this whole Rays team is just so well-rounded because also you were talking about in the Willie Adamas trade, how they got Drew Rasmussen. They also got JP Fireisen as well. And he has a 0.00 ERA. That was just a win-win trade. Willie Damas couldn't really hit at the drop, moved to Milwaukee, can hit there. Those two pitchers are both really valuable yeah. additions now to the Rays. They're one of the deepest teams in baseball. and They're going to be added at the end. And before but- we move on to the Blue Jays, Peter, I just wanted to bring up real quick Manuel Margot, who has Absolutely. been crushing the ball. He looks to me like he's developing kind of into a Starling Marte-like player where he plays really Mm. good defense, quick bat, really good on the base paths, and just kind of all around a great, well-rounded game. I don't know if he's as good as Starling Marte, but like this year he's playing like it. He has like a 148 WRC plus right now and is really turning into the top prospect that he once was. And Josh Lowe, another one of their outfielders, was sent down this week. They obviously want him to work on some things uh, with his swing and just some adjustments because he didn't play well really that well in 
in limited time with the race so far. So they're going to send him down, but it doesn't even matter because they have so many other prospects and he's going to come back up and be totally fine. Like this, this little spurt that he had doesn't make me think anything less. of Yeah. I think the, the Rays winning streak that they just went on six game winning streak, they're eight and two in their last 10 was almost pushed away by the fact that the Yankees went on their 11 game winning streak and have been so good, but they have been awesome in their last 10 games. And I, I know it was the athletics, maybe they're not the best team, but they, the athletics have been decent this year and just sweep the Mariners. Like they beat up on Logan Gilbert. They didn't beat him up, but they won the game eight, seven. This Rays team is just so good, but on to third place right behind the Rays is the Toronto Blue Jays at 17 and 13. They have a negative 10 run differential. They have not been playing that well lately. They've lost two of three to the Yankees. They lost three of four to the Guardians. They're five and five in their last um, 10 games. The Blue Jays, the Blue Jays are funny to me um, because they are so star studded. Kevin Gosman is amazing. This guy just let up his first walk, has not allowed a home run yet, but they just haven't been very clutch. And besides Manoa and Gosman, the pitching hasn't been great. This team will get better. They're going to go on crazy, crazy win streaks. But right now, they're easily the third best team in this division. I, Peter, the, the question for this team coming into the year was, will the pitching hold up? And that question was still there if Jose Barrios was Jose Barrios. And Jose Barrios right now is not Jose Barrios at all. Oh, at all. He has a 5.34 ERA, a 7.68 X ERA. He's striking out right now just 15% of batters. For his career, man, he's right around 25% of batters. I don't know what's wrong right now with Jose Barrios but something is seriously wrong. And behind him, like you have Ross Stripling and you have Hyunjin Ryu, who's right now doing a rehab start, but he's getting shelled in AAA. Yeah. So something is seriously wrong for this team. If you're going to be relying on Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa to hold up two starts out of five or six, this team def- desperately needs a Frankie Montas or something because they are not going to be able to, to really go through an entire season and be able to compete to win this division with just those two arms producing for them. I agree. And I forgot to go over the stat leaders. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is actually leading the team in batting average. You think it'd be much higher. Leading the team in batting average at 286. He's also leading the team in home runs at seven. And he's leading the team in RBIs at 19. It's the whole Vladdy show, but he hasn't been crazy amazing there are better players right now in baseball than Vladimir Guerrero Jr which last year you couldn't really say that Alec Manoa leads the team in ERA at 175 he is just so freaking good and on justbaseball.com our guy Jake Graziano wrote up why Manoa and Gosman might be the best pitching tandem in the entire sport great article we'll link it in the episode description got to go check that one out and Kevin Gosman leads the team in strikeouts and Alec Manoa leads the team with four wins yeah i agree with you colby also not to mention jordan romano is amazing he's one of the best relievers in baseball we ranked leads the him, league in saves leads the league in saves we ranked him nine going into the season he might be better than that he is so freaking good he throws his high velocity fastball up in the zone pairs it with just a bender of a breaking ball 
Jordan Romano is one of the best relievers, but overall this pen doesn't really scare me either. I think that's where the blue, because we know they're going to hit. They're going to hit. And guys like Bo Bichette have gotten off to a bit of slow starts, but he's going to be awesome. Teoscar Hernandez is coming back too from injury. This team will hit. Honestly, you know who's also awesome? Santiago Espinal is awesome. I mean, this guy is one of the clutchest players I feel like I've ever seen. Not actually, but just lately. Every single time I turn on a Blue Jays game, they have runners in scoring position. Who's up? Santiago Espinal. And who's producing? Santiago Espinal. Santiago Espinal has been one of my favorite hitters as of late, but this this lineup top to bottom is only going to improve. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Bo Bichette, Alejandro Kirk, they're just going to start getting going. Matt yeah. Chapman even has got really hot at the beginning of the year, but he's kind of cooled off. But he's showing a good approach and, and hitting the ball hard enough that I think he'll start to get going here. This lineup, as you said, Peter, I think they will have some really, really hot streaks where they get going. They might They have the potential to win 10 in a row. Um, but they need to make some moves in terms of pitching soon. Yes, and you, we will see that at the trade deadline too because they will be one of the biggest buyers at the deadline. And we'll talk about that, of course, on State of the Division when we get to it. Next up, fourth place, Baltimore Orioles at 10-17 and 17 with a negative 21 run differential. They split the series with the Twins, took two of two, or sorry, took two of four, They lost, and they lost the first game of the doubleheader against the Royals, and they are currently playing the Royals as we record right now. In terms of stat leaders, Austin Hayes is raking right now. He's hitting 316. Ryan Mountcastle leads the team in home runs with four, and he also leads the team in RBIs with 13. Jorge Lopez has been great for them. He has a 1.20 ERA. And Jordan Lyles, he hasn't been amazing, but he has been very steady for them. He leads the team in strikeouts, and he's got a 4.50 ERA. Jorge Lopez also leads the team in wins with three. This Orioles team we know is going to hit, even though they haven't really been hitting a ton this year. But what I've been impressed by is the pitching. You know, last year, the bullpen was one of the worst I've ever seen. And this year, it looks much improved. The starting rotation, not a lot of sexy names, but guys like Tyler Wells have performed well. Guys like Bruce Zimmerman have performed well. Like I said, with Jordan Lyles has performed well. Jorge Lopez. All these guys, they're not as bad as they were last year. And I feel like we kind of discounted them in a way because, you know, we have the four teams at the top of the AL East and then, of course, kind of the lowly Orioles. But right now they're in fourth place above the Red Sox. And this isn't a 100-loss team. This is probably a team that's going to win 70, maybe 75 games. No, you're out of your mind. Yeah, maybe not 75. I think 70 is attainable. It could be attainable. I think they got saved this week a little bit here because they had like three rainouts and just the best thing that the Orioles could ever have happen to them is actually them not play. It's like, <laughs> we'll take the draw over a win or a loss. We'll just take no game at all. Um, but yeah, man, I, I've been impressed, impressed by this lineup. I think Ryan Mountcastle is really starting to get going here. Um, the pitching has been very serviceable and I'm Glad to see that some of these underrated names are producing because I think come trade deadline time, a lot of these relievers are going to be dealt for prospects, which is very helpful to a team like this. And Grayson Rodriguez, who is their top prospect in AAA, has been pitching amazing. And I think he will make his debut sometime here in the next four to six weeks, I would imagine. He looks major league ready. Um we, we rank him as the top pitching prospect in baseball right now, and he looks ready just to kind of get his feet wet this year so that next year this – I think next year, Peter, this Orioles team could potentially win 70 to 75 games and really start to turn around the ship a little bit and really aim for 2024 
potentially being an 80 win team, which is good. It's good to see this team start to right the ship and be somewhat competent. And I'm excited for Adley Rutschman to get some run too. He's their best catching prospect. He's going to play most of the year this year with them, unless for some reason they want to send him down. I know he started the year injured with a tricep injury. Now he's beginning to return. He is the best catching prospect in baseball for a reason. He's a switch hitting power bat who also is, has great bat to ball skills. I'm just very excited to watch Adley Rutschman this year. Let's move on to fifth place, Colby. And yeah, I'm taking I'm, this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm just let me um, let me just kind of go through uh, their stat leaders for a little bit. Just let I'll give you kind of the brief where they are. Colby doesn't even want to do that. He just wants no. to go off. But before you go off, because I know you're going to say I know you're going to say a bunch. I know you're going to say a bunch. But right now they're 10 and 19, negative 23 run differential. They lost two of three. The Angels They got swept by the White Sox. That was all at home. They lost eight of their last 10 games. Bogarts leads the team in average at 343. Devers leads in home runs with four. J.D. Martinez has 14 RBIs. Those are the only dudes hitting in this lineup right now. Garrett Whitlock has been nails, though. 1-2-5 ERA leads the team. Nate Valdi has also been nails. He's got an ERA under three, 36 strikeouts. And Michael Waka, him and his 1.38 ERA, he's got three wins. But And man, just went on Colby, the IL. That's how And he just went going. on the IL. Yeah, and he just went on the IL. They can't hit. Floor is yours. They can't hit is almost selling it above what it is right now. They're on a five-game losing streak. Actually, yeah, five-game losing streak. They have the third worst WRC plus in the league, Peter. They spent this year $100 million on this lineup. They've scored 95 runs. They're paying more than a million dollars a run so far this season. Something is critically wrong with their approach at the plate. They have the 10th lowest K rate, right? Which would, on the surface, you'd be like, wow, that's really good. They're not striking out which is good, but yet they have the second lowest walk rate in the league. And it's no coincidence that the White Sox, who have also been struggling so badly, have the lowest walk rate in the league. So Seth Warner, who's at Syracuse Sport Analytics, he's doing his senior thesis right now on what stats impact wins the most. That stat is on-base percentage. Billy Bean was right, Peter. On-base percentage is how you win baseball games. And the Red Sox right now are third to last in on-base percentage. They're not walking. They have no clear plan at the plate. You mentioned Bogarts. He is killing it. 154 WRC+. plus. But Bogarts is probably going to be gone either at the deadline or after this season. And that's been apparent since they signed Trevor Story, which I was fine with, right? That's whatever. That is whatever. But then you go down the list. J.D. Martinez has a 148 WRC+. plus. Great. Devers has a 127 WRC+. plus. That is also great. Those three hitters are the lineup right now, though. They because the guess lineup. what, Peter? You go from Devers at 127 WRC+. plus. The next best is Trevor Story at 68 WRC+. plus. Oh, no. If, if their hitting coach is not fired by the end of the week, I legitimately don't think they have a plan to win baseball games this year because I hate to put it on the, the coaching staff this early in the, in the season, but when you are showing that you have no approach at the plate as a team, it signals that something is very, very wrong organizationally. And it's something needs to be switched up now. Something needs to be changed. What is up with Trevor Story? I, that, that, I, that's the question because he doesn't even look, resemble any semblance of what Trevor Story used to be with Colorado. And this is not oh, like he's hitting 250 now and he's still hitting for power and, you know, he's just adjusting from Coors Field. He's 
so far below replacement level, it's amazing. But he's not the only problem. You said it yourself, Devers, JD Bogarts all have above an 800 OPS, have above a 125 WRC plus. Verdugo, JBJ, Christian Vasquez, Trevor Story, Kike Hernandez, they all have OPSs under 600. And you didn't OPS. even mention Bobby Dahlbeck, who can't. Yeah, he's the worst. He's the worst. Like, he is not a regular player. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not a regular for a good team. He's just not, Colby. He not, he, I couldn't believe he was in the lineup today. I, <laughs> I was legitimately shocked that they said, yep, this is our best option right now at first base is Bobby Dahlbeck, who cannot hit right now. Not hit. But moving on quickly from the offense to the pitching staff, this pitching staff right now, ha- as a starting rotation, has an ERA in the threes. And you yeah. would think, wow, that's amazing. And it has been amazing. The problem is, is how you mentioned Garrett Whitlock. He's been nothing short of fantastic. He moved into a starter role. He's now going five, six innings into starts. He looks like a top of the rotation arm if he's going that deep into games. But the problem is when he is pitching for five or six innings at the beginning of the game, no one can close out the back end of ball games right now. It's a problem. It's like, it's like, do you put him at the back end of the games? Then who pitches at the front of the games? The pitching staff is incomplete. Matt Barnes is a shell of himself right now. And and frankly, when Josh Taylor comes back, Matt Barnes looks like the guy that's going to be cut. What's your biggest pet peeve right now with the Red Sox? My biggest pet peeve is, as I said, they're just lack of approach, right? They don't seem to be having a plan of attack when they go to the plate. Trevor Story striking out. A ton, a ton. Like you have, you have a lot of quick innings for this team as well, where they just they get runners on first or second, and then they'll get a a two zero swing where they ground into a double play or they pop up. It's just a lot of uncompetitive swings, and no one can seem to have a timely hit. Is what I've seen with runners in scoring position. It's horrific. I mean. To describe the Red Sox situation as horrific, I think is a good way to describe it, Colby, right now. It is absolutely horrific. With all this said, we're still just a month into the season, and there is time to right the ship, but the time is now to right the ship. It can't be in two weeks or in three weeks. There needs to be some changes that have been made to this Red Sox team in the next two weeks. Do you think they'll win more games than the Orioles this year? God, I hope so. (laughs) And that'll do it for this episode of State of the Division, the new Just Baseball podcast. Every single day, think of it as kind of the New York Times daily podcast, 15 minutes on each division. We do the AL East every Monday. Hopefully you'll join us again next week when we keep breaking down the AL East. That's Colby. I'm Peter. And with that, thank you, everybody.